Hello, lovely people. Welcome back to Spectacular Slovakia. She spent her childhood growing up under communism, not knowing democracy and freedom. After graduating high school, she wanted to pursue a career in archaeology. The regime made her change her plans, though. On 17 November 1989, the communist regime fell thanks to the courage of Czechs and Slovaks. The Velvet Revolution changed the lives of people. What was her life like under communism? Where was she on November 17? And what did Slovaks learn from the Velvet Revolution? Lubica Lacinová, a senior researcher from the Center of Biosciences at the Slovak Academy of Sciences, shares her experience and views with me. I was born in 1991, so what was it like to grow up in the times when communism ruled Czechoslovakia? Well, the world was different from very many aspects. I grew up in a small city, Skalica, mm-hmm. on the border between current Slovak and Czech Republic. Yeah. And uh, in this small city, the sources of information were relatively limited. Also, I was growing up in 60s. We were financially relatively poor family. We did not have television, so we had just one newspapers which we had to purchase, and we had one radio station because we had radio which was connected through a wire. Uh-huh. And uh, so, so it was connected just to one broadcast. So <laughs> It seems like a completely different time. Today, the state supports families. What was it like back then? Did the government support families in general? Uh, yes, the government did support the families, like by giving them uh, apartments. Okay. But uh, our family was not a family supported by states because my mother was single mother. Mm-hmm. And this type of families were not supported by states. So I grew up with my grandmother and her two sisters in this small city, Skalica. Was politics like a thing in your family? Did you talk about politics? My grandmother did did run a pub until okay. 1947. So she always remembered that the First Republic was a relatively good time when she had her pub. She had to work hard, but she could earn money. Mm-hmm. And she lived a relatively happily living. And she lost this... Uh, Uh, living uh, with uh, her own small business in 1947 when she closed her pub because somehow she expected that something will happen. If she would not close it, it would be nationalized Uh, in early 1948. If you compare it with today's times, what was it like to be a high school student under communism? I was lucky because I moved uh, to my mother to Bratislava in 1975. Mm-hmm. And I was already accepted to high school in Skalica. Uh, so I was just transferred to high school in Bratislava. And uh, luckily, the apartment of my mother was close to Gymnasium Jura Hronca, which mm-hmm. was very prestigious gymnasium. And, I and would, still it is, I guess. Uh, it still <laughs> is. And I would not be accepted if I would live in Bratislava and apply there. <laughs> Aha, okay. Uh, so sense. so during lucky coincidence, I was a student at really the very best gymnasium in Bratislava, which uh, was also politically relatively free. So I got very good education because there were very good teachers. And we, we have had also a small freedom. Mm-hmm. Like uh, we had freedom to wear jeans, and uh, boys in classes had freedom to to choose the length of their hairs. 
But that uh, was... th- these two freedoms were not in other gymnasiums oh. in Bratislava. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that that's the like the only difference you see, or uh, no, no, the, there was much more freedom. Uh, once in a year, this gymnasium organized a festival, mm-hmm. which lasted like for two, three days, and different writers and uh, actors and interesting people were invited to this festival. Well, so it seems that your high school times were sort of fine but at what point in your life if there was at all you realized that the regime the communist regime was not right and it should come to an end was there such a moment in your life oh there was no single moment so since childhood i knew that uh, something is not not okay with this regime considering why people should not be able to run some small businesses and uh, it was frustrating that uh, that uh, somehow the supply was not properly organized that <laughs> all the time there was something which was not available and these were the things of daily use it was not a single moment when i awake and said that well this regime is not correct i saw that there There are many problematic points. But so it was like every day yes. you saw something that was not right yes. about the regime. Let's move on to some uh, more absurdities of the mm. regime. I read the, uh, an article about you, about your story. The article says that the state security, which was a communist uh, secret police force in Czechoslovakia back then, tried to dig out some dirty information uh, about you. So how did it end up? Eventually, eventually, nothing, nothing really happened. But this was this was, nineteen eighty Okay, it was summer nineteen The twentieth anniversary of occupation yeah. was approaching, mm-hmm. and uh, that time I was uh, already involved in uh, environmental movements in Bratislava. Uh, I was involved in a group which a year ago published Bratislava Nahlas. This mm-hmm. famous green paper, and also I was a head of camera club at one of our cultural institutions, right. and our camera club was quite active. Uh, we were organizing sometimes exhibitions. Sometimes we were organizing projections, slide projections, and public discussions with some famous photographers. If we were able to find someone, uh, so, so we organized public events in this cultural mm-hmm. house in Ruzinov. So actually, the secret police came to the administrators of this uh, cultural house in Ruzinov to ask ask what I am doing, what I am preparing, what are my plans for summer. <laughs> uh, probably that time they just checked all people who were suspicious right. what, 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 what they could do around this 20th anniversary. <laughs> yeah, and you did nothing wrong. You said that it was in 1988 yeah. and the Velvet Revolution occurred a year later. In between these two years, was there a point when you really thought the regime is dissolving? In 1989, there were signs that the regime is slowly losing control and uh, is becoming less and less strong. Mm-hmm. For example, I was very surprised uh, at the beginning of 1989 As a young member of environmental movement, I got invitation from a federation of uh, European Green Youth mm-hmm. uh, to, for a meeting in West Berlin. 
All right. And uh, three people from our group were chosen that we will go. So so we needed uh, a permit okay. to travel behind the iron curtain is- issued by uh, local police authorities because passport authorities mm-hmm. belong to the police department. And uh, so I went there. I applied for this permit and... Uh, also, I had to apply for fast track permit, which was very unusual, but we got the invitation relatively late. Yeah. So we cannot get this to do a normal track, which would last for several months. We needed it during several <laughs> weeks. And actually, the the head of police department heard my story and said that, okay, is two days enough? <laughs> <laughs> Was so, it so, so I was very happy I got my permit and uh, in March uh, 1989 for the first and the last time I traveled behind the iron curtain because when I traveled the next time the iron curtain was away. Oh, interesting. And now let's go to 1989 to November 17. Mm-hmm. Where were you? on this date when the Ballad Revolution uh, Actually, I, I was in city of Pardubice. Okay. Why uh, was that? <laughs> and uh, it was in city of Pardubice. It was 17 November, mm-hmm. the International Students' Day. Okay. On that occasion, every year in Pardubice was a vernissage of uh, photography exhi- exhibition and competition, Photographia Academica, mm-hmm. which was a competition of photographies uh, submitted by students of universities or by people up to three years after graduating from university. So I submitted some of my documentary photographs, which I took in uh, Moscow. Okay. And uh, I won the second prize. So, oh, so <laughs> congratulations. So I was actually, I was in Pardubice accepting the prize at, at this competition, Photographia Academica. <laughs> So how did you learn about the Velvet Revolution or what was happening in Prague? I think it was Friday, mm-hmm. November 17, and then on Saturday morning I traveled back to Bratislava, and on Sunday I just went to the city for a walk, and I met a friend from the university, and he told me that uh, there was a demonstration in Prague, and uh, he said that Jakes Polis killed a student. Which it turned out was not true. Yes, I Later, it turned out that this was not true, but... And did you take part in any way later? Was there a protest in Bratislava? I I went to demonstrations which were on uh, Slovak National Uprising Square, Mm -hmm. but uh, many key persons in uh, People Against Violence were my friends uh, from the environmental movements. Mm -hmm. So I was in touch with them and I collected signatures... uh, uh, for for the declaration of people against violence, uh, which was quite uh, interesting experience, because some people in uh, my institution did dare to sign and some did not. <laughs> Uh, some of them just waited for for general strike, which was announced. Okay. And after this general strike went through softly, then they Everyone then signed. they came that okay now I can sign. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the November 17, events. It's something really important for Slovakia. So, what do you like the most about this particular day 
and also the events that followed afterwards. I remember a very positive atmosphere among people on the street mm-hmm. and uh, mutual cooperation of people in the street and also also the feeling of freedom which we had and uh, also quite powerful experience was to go for a small trip uh, to Austria which was really a few steps away yeah. f- uh, from uh, Bratislava, from, from the bank of Danube River, and we never were able to go there. And now suddenly we could go there and just just see how Austria looks like. <laughs> and on the other hand, was there something you were not really uh, happy about? Specifically those days or what? happened later. Mm, well, let's say both. Well, as I said, many key persons in People Against Violence were my friends from environmental movements that I was thinking if I should join them. Mm-hmm. And uh, first I decided that not, uh, because uh, in early summer of 1989, I finished my PhD and I had postdoctoral position in the United States. So if I would uh, if I would choose to get involved with people against violence, I would give up my postdoc position in Philadelphia, and mm-hmm. I wanted to experience how how the life looks like in the United <laughs> States. But uh, then somehow people started to create Green Party. Mm. And uh, <laughs> several people from environmental movements, including me, mm-hmm. uh, just joined this effort to shape it somehow because this was this was really grassroots movements. It was very disorganized and it could damage the green idea. So therefore, we went there and tried to shape that. That was uh, at the end of 1989. But then in March 1990, you left for the United States. Yes. <laughs> So what was it like being in America? I, I was postdoc at the University of Pennsylvania in mm-hmm. Philadelphia. When I came to Philadelphia, I was there perhaps two months. And uh, at the university campus uh, was a festival of Czechoslovakian independent movies from the wow. 60s. These, these were, uh, it was not very well attended, but some people... <laughs> I had the opportunity during uh, one week event to to see very good selection of all banned movies, <laughs> which I could not see in Czechoslovakia. Today, when you think of communism, is there at least a bit of nostalgia in your heart or not at all? Certainly not not for communism. I may have certain nostalgia for less technical world. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I understand that. We are celebrating 30 years since the Velvet Revolution. So what have we, as the Slovak society, learned in those three decades? I think we learned that we can make choices and decisions. I just I just had to think about it right now, because when you said it, I was like, that's a nice, <laughs> nice thought. Okay, and are there any areas in which we are lagging behind still? I think this is... Because you said uh, the, we the, can make choices, is, but... We can, we can make choices and decisions, but we are not yet ready to take full responsibility for choices and decisions yeah, which maybe we make. Yeah, make good choices. <laughs> and well, even if we, if we make bad choices, this happens, but we should be able to take full responsibility for the choices sure. we, we made. Sure. Today, young people do not know much about the Velvet Revolution. So tell me, why should they know something about the Velvet Revolution? 
because this was this was change of the regime they should know something about the regime before velvet revolution they should know that there are ways how the regime could be changed without civil war mm-hmm. and uh, they should also learn from mistakes which were made during and after velvet revolution and so how should it be changed should parents do something about it or should schools teach more about the Velvet Revolution in those times? I think schools should teach more. They should take the responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to Lubica Lacinová, the senior researcher from the Center of Biosciences at the Slovak Academy of Sciences. And here comes something you may already know. But it's always good to remind you of the spectacular Slovakia travel guides, which make your travels around Slovakia easy. You'll find them on shop.spectator.sk. Pick your favorite one and explore the country. That's all for this week and Spectacular Slovakia will be back next week with a new topic. In the meantime, you can listen to some more episodes on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud and on spectator.sk. Thank you for listening, lovely people, and see you next week. Take care.